Journey to Organization, episode 61, Eco Printing with Suzanne Deco. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and today I'm talking with Suzanne Deckel from Botanical Prints. Suzanne has spent the last four years researching and applying natural dyes on fabric. Suzanne is on a journey to lead a more simple life and feels like all the steps she is taking are helping her to get closer to her goals. She lives in Shoham with her family where she offers courses on eco-printing. Welcome, Suzanne, to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Good morning, Rebecca. How are you doing? I'm great. So everybody, Suzanne and I belong to an Israeli women's networking group, and that is how we met. I find Suzanne's work so beautiful. I especially love when she makes these beautiful pinkish shades mixed with tan. I find it so lovely and soothing. Uh, You'll have to tell me how you get those lovely colors. Um... It's it. They're so beautiful. I love I love looking at those prints. I often read about how you find inspiration from nature and see pictures that you post about how you make dyes from nature here in Israel. So, I want to know first, how did you get interested in eco dyeing? What what drew you to it? How did you how did you learn it? Um, well, my journey is uh, for about now. It's almost been four years. Okay. Um, I started, it all started when I just quit my high-tech job. I had a very well-paid high-tech job and I was completely burned out. Um, And I wanted to stay home with my son and take care of my kids. So I actually had time to do whatever I wanted. And I decided actually that's precisely what I want to do. Uh, just have some, you know, do some experience that I've been reading on, on, inter- on Pinterest and whatnot and other, uh, other outlets. Um, and I started to make some like play silks uh, for my son, which is like large pieces of silk that you dye in one color, in the colors of the rainbow. Oh, cool. And I didn't want to use um, artificial dyes because I knew my son would be putting it in his mouth. He would be touching it. It would be on his skin. I wanted to do something natural. So I started out with the things that you find on Pinterest, which is uh, black beans and uh, kumkum, like yellow root and stuff like that, uh, which is cute. Like turmeric? Yeah, turmeric. Yeah. but it doesn't stay, it's not permanent on the fabric. If you wash it once, it would just rinse out. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, and if it doesn't rinse out, then you uh, probably have the problem that through the sun, uh, through, the, uh, through the light, it will fade very fast. Okay. Um, now, since I am a perfectionist, I said that I would have none of it. <laughs> and I started to, uh, to discover and to do some intensive re- research, and I just got completely hooked. That's it. Wow, that's so cool. Short story, yeah. (laughs) Can you explain a little bit about eco-dyeing and why exactly it's better than synthetic dyeing or why it's so important to use eco-dyes? You mentioned briefly that it's better for kids because, you know, they put things in their mouth. But what's really the the difference between eco-dyes and synthetic and and just if you could give us a little more background on how how they're made and things like that? Well, 
all the, uh, I will start with the bad stuff. The, um, the materials that are used today to dye our clothes are artificial. They're made from uh, oils and chemical reactions. And they are extremely polluting to the environment. Um, and it's something if you get into it, you, you will see, it's just not something that you want to put on your skin, really. Uh, whereas natural dyes, they are done uh, with natural materials, like it's with the roots, like with meta roots, or with indigo, which is from a fermented leaf, okay. the indigo fair plant. Uh, we can use dandelions to, to have a wonderful yellow dye, and so on and so on. So I'm only using stuff that grows around us. Um, so you're taking only like wild things that are growing wild at this point no 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 i cannot because it's actually forbidden to just in Israel, from the yeah. wild. that's true uh, it is it's against the... almost everywhere also in in france and i don't know what the rules are in the united states but you cannot just take stuff so right. i'm okay. taking stuff this is grown particularly uh or i grow it like i have like a couple of trees that are mine uh and i can use them oh that's um, cool in the, in the sensible way uh or i use i purchase roots that are grown especially for this in in fields um and this this is the raw material that i use for my dyeing you need dye and you need a mordant as well mordant is what actually connects the uh the dye to the fab to the fabric it's like a glue okay and that is what makes the difference now this is all knowledge that was common sense in until the 18th century Okay. Uh, after that, the indust industrial dyes just completely erased all of the natural dye um, industry that was present, and lots of knowledge has been lost on us. Oh, that's uh, so a shame. Now a, a big, yeah, it's really a shame. But there are books, um, and people are trying to like translate them because it's like 18th century <laughs> or 17th century. But, it's it's hard. It's very difficult. I tried to to read that. It's uh, it's exhausting. Uh, <laughs> so there are good people around who are like translating that to modern day lang modern day language, and that is the uh, the literature that I study in order to become really good at what I do. Because it's not so simple. You need a lot of uh, um, pots and pans for it that are dedicated only to natural dyes. I don't I don't mix it with what I cook with. Um, so you need to have like a lot of stuff, knowledge and materials to, uh, to get that started. So what kind of fabrics do you dye on and how do you create prints on those fabrics? So there's two, there's two different steps here. One is natural dyes, which gives like a one-off shade either on the background or on top of what I do. Okay. Um, I have to first more than my fabric in order to make it to prepare it for dyeing i use mostly silks uh cotton um but i actually i'm trying to work less with cotton because unless it's eco certified cotton it's um, the cotton process in production is extremely polluting to the environment um and i decided i want don't want to use it i use linen a lot which I like. Mm -hmm. Linen, yeah. It's all natural, it's all natural fi fibers. You can have fibers that have a little bit of like elastane in it. Mm -hmm. 
for, uh, for elasticity, mm-hmm. but it's uh, up to five, ten percent I can have that in my fabrics. But often I don't use it. Um, if I need something that's a little bit more stretchy, I would just use a knit fabric. I have like silk knits, I have wool knits, uh, and they behave exactly the same way. There's right. not really any need to have uh, elastan here in, in your fabrics. Okay, that's great. Good to know. I actually did my senior thesis in college with a silk jersey, uh, mm. and it and it it yeah, that was my senior uh, my senior project for my fashion show. <laughs> that's great stuff. It costs it's an really arm and a leg, but yeah. it's uh, it's fantastic to work with. True, it's so true. I have, I have the I have the the dye that I put on the fabric that I connect with the fabric, okay. and then I have the echo printing part okay. if I want. Uh, which means that I take leaves uh, of certain plants that I know have good printing qualities okay. and I roll it up really tight and I boil it for about uh, three hours. And then I, what I'm left with when I open it up after it's cooled down, uh, what I'm left with is the perfect print of the actual leaf. The pigments like within the leaf transfer themselves and connect themselves the fabric wow um, so you see actual branches you see the flowers and this gives beautiful effects on, uh, on on the natural fabric yeah they're really beautiful I've seen them in person they're gorgeous <laughs> um, can you tell us about the kind of products you produce like what what is your end result what is your main you know piece that you're working on or selling I mostly work with big big scarves in thin materials because they're very versatile you can use them as a tichel you can use them to wrap yourself in it you can use it as a scarf or uh, whatever you please lots of people like it to share to use it for covering themselves from the sun cover mm-hmm. the shoulders because um, it's lightweight also so it's not so warm yeah it's it's big like mm, often they will be like 36 inches by 72 inches mm-hmm. but if it's very thin silk, you don't feel any bulk at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's extremely lightweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make sometimes tops. Uh, I dye my own fabrics right now for my own clothes. I make my own skirts. Uh, so I hope to also offer that soon. Oh, that's website. exciting. Yeah, it's very nice. I'm not the best uh, seamstress. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, can, I can do an, a, a pretty good job. And for sure, with, the, with dyeing fabrics, I'm, uh, I'm great. So I've done some skirts for myself right now, like to try it out. Okay. I know. And I've I, seen some of your pictures. They look really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And they combine well with everything else. Uh, so this is the whole idea is that I will, first of all, make my own completely naturally dyed wardrobe. Okay. Um, and then I will see where, where that takes me. Okay, so um, I wasn't planning on discussing this quite yet, but I want to sort of jump because that's where our conversation's going. So you're talking about making your own clothes, and we've talked before, the two of us, like privately about capsule wardrobes, and I personally think a great number for a capsule wardrobe is about 40 pieces, excluding underwear and socks. Um, for those of you that don't know what a capsule wardrobe is, it's a it's a small wardrobe where everything matches each other, and so you can wear all the pieces interchangeably with each other. How many pieces do you have in your closet? What do you think is a good number? What number are you aiming for? Are you at your goal? Um, how do you sort of use your capsule wardrobe? Um, I don't think I make it to 40, I must say. Okay. 
I have very little clothes. Um, there's very little that I like. <laughs> uh, very fussy with this. Okay. Um, I would say I have like about five skirts, uh, four tank tops that I wear a lot underneath other things. Okay. Uh, a couple of sweaters. It's really not much, no. How many tops I, do you have? Tops. Yeah. I have, two, I have four tops. Four. And do you count your tiffles in your count? No. Your head coverings <laughs> in your count? But I don't, no, actually, I, I, can, I can see it from here. It's not that much. I have about 10 tiffles. Okay. That's about what I have. Plus I don't I have count it, but I have 10 tiffles. And yeah. I don't think that's much because I've seen other people's uh, collections. It's true. A lot of my clients have well into the 100 range. Oh no, I yeah. would never ever get that. I've, I've confined my, my closet space. There's, it's not like I can have a lot of stuff. I find that instead of adding more uh, uh, space for storage, I just want to have less things. Right. Uh, and this it makes goes you feel better, clothes. right? Yeah, I don't have a, listen, once I understood that uh, Mark Zuckerberg has only like one t-shirt that he wear that he wears uh, he has 10 of the same t-shirts yeah. <laughs> i don't like we have some kind of a chova like uh, we are supposed to wear something cute every day but i I've, i think i'm past that stage i just want to wear what's comfortable and what i feel nice in what makes me feel good um and it, that's only a couple of pieces that i have so i i'm i'm and the pieces that I have, I must say also that I have them, most of them I have like well beyond three, four years. Yeah, me too. Uh, I only change, uh, it's also, I have a principle of what go, one goes in, one goes out. So right. I only buy new when I know that there's something else that I want to get rid of. Right. Or something that needs to be replaced. Yeah. And now, and, and now but now it's uh, because I'm making this change. So it, if I throw something away now because it's not good anymore, not because I don't like it or something, but it's, I can just can't wear it anymore for some reason. Um, bleach stains are a big, uh, a big issue here. Uh, so if I have to get rid of something now, I only ex exchange it for something that I made myself. So oh, that's you're, great. you're spending a lot of, yeah, that's, that's now, that's my goal right now. I'm not buying any, anything more. So no. what do you say to people who aren't crafty and who can't really sew or don't have the time to, you know, make their own clothes or, or just the tools? What would you say to those people who are thinking like, well, I can't do that. I don't make my own dyes. Like where, where should we go to shop? Like I always like no. to tell people secondhand. Yeah. Sorry, it's completely fine. You, you, it's completely fine. I don't expect anyone to, tie-dye their own shirts of course not <laughs> really not that's that's uh that's just me being slightly over the top because that's my business right um but what i did find that well i will tell you i have made a decision like i don't want to buy stuff from bangladesh anymore i just okay. don't want to do it okay uh, i cannot justify wearing something that has been the root of someone else's suffering so you mean like because workers in Bangladesh and Vietnam and the Philippines are usually paid a very low wage and don't have good working conditions, that's, you know, feels like not right, like that you shouldn't buy from those kind of companies? 
if it was just low wage, I would be I would be able to uh, brush it off. But it's uh -huh. way more. I will not depress people right now into explaining that. Uh, <laughs> but that's a decision that I have made. Right now, I will tell you that once you made a decision like that, you can walk through H and M or any other big store, Zara, and you can you will just walk straight out because there's nothing there that's made in a normal place. Right. Um, so for started, I would start with that, like just see where stuff is made. Get mm -hmm. good quality clothes that is made in a place that it's least. Well, where workers are making minimum wage and there's good, like, healthy conditions for them to work in. Well, you know, minimum wage in India is not exactly minimum wage with us, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a, living living wage. Wage. Yeah. Wage. a living wage. Let's say a living wage. A living wage. Yeah. Um, and then, well, it depends what's more important to you. Um, like, in Israel itself, we have Honigmam, which is Israel produced a lot. Oh, really? I didn't know so that. I, I, just simple black tops or something like that, I could get there if I wanted. Like okay. basic tops that go with everything. Okay. Um, that's my goal a little bit. Like to have like a funky skirt and then just a simple black top or a dark navy top. Um, that's what I'm going for. So yeah. Honigmam... Um, and then if you want to spend a little more, like there's in the internet, you can find lots of options for eco-friendly materials, fair trade. I will be working. If you want, I can share the list with you once I'm done with it. Sure, uh, we can post I'm it. making a list right now that's uh, going to be with all the addresses uh, of many store stores. And I want to divide it like in budget, uh, a little bit more expensive. That's awesome. Um, Two good think, ones to I add think, to your list that places that I like to shop are Eileen yeah. Fisher. Um, Eileen Fisher for the people in, listening in America. That's a really great store. Um, and most of their clothes are made in America and they are making a commitment to sustainable fabrics and, um, you know, providing a living wage for all of the people who make their things. That's great. I didn't know this place even. Yeah. Here, I write, I'm running it down right now. And also Patagonia. And the great thing about both of those companies is that they have like a secondhand market place that they, mm -hmm. um, that they, patrol if you will I don't <laughs> know better word for yeah. it they they refurbish their pieces and sell them secondhand yeah I, I will also include there's a couple of new stores right now it's a kind of a, con a concept thing where actually stores are no longer making stock okay because you must know that the amount of clothes that's being thrown away at the end of each season is just shocking a lot it's a lot yeah it's a lot. It's 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 a landfill with new clothes that are just being thrown away because they cannot make money on it. Actually, they um, don't just throw them away. What they do is they cut them so that people can't pull them out of the landfills and use them, or out of the trash and use them. So they actually damage the items. Certain retailers damage the items so yeah. that. Um, you know, nobody can benefit from them once they've decided to throw them away. And yeah, that's, to me, horrible. that's like the biggest part of like, it's a huge waste and it's at its finest. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's just like, it's such a waste. And I feel like supporting these retailers is really, uh, you know, hard. I mean, obviously so yeah. it's a slow process. You have to do research. You have to figure out which, you know, brands are doing things so that we've, about, we've right? worked with our wallet uh, Rebecca a hundred percent 
that's, I always that's, say that it's true. Everyone that says, everyone who says no, but it's just me. So what? I want to buy four tops for like 20 shekels at the end of the season. Fine. But you vote with your wallet. You don't need those four tops. Really. You're just buying four right now because it's on sale and that's the deal. Right. It's true. Um, and you don't have to, and there's shops right now that will, they don't make, so they, what I wanted to say, I will just finish that sentence because otherwise I will lose it. Um, <laughs> They, or you, you order and they make. Oh, they oh you make mean they're custom, they're custom, they're custom. So it's, it's something that's on their line, their, their line sheet, that it's something that they're making in an offering. So they have all the patterns ready and then they custom cut it for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Do you know the names of the retailers that are doing that right uh, now? I don't know it by heart right now because I have that list somewhere else because I'm, I'm making it right now, but I will, I will share it with you and you can share it on your page uh, and in your uh, in your lists great and if uh, anybody's sure interested just you can always it. reach out to me via email and i'll be happy to send that out to you for people absolutely yeah no we will we will make a nice list of it i think that will be you know it would be a great start if everyone just decides that okay i'm only buying what i need and what i buy i want it to be something that i feel good about so, um, so let's talk okay. about that for a minute. How do, I mean, I, my background's in fashion. So let's, let's give everybody a little, a few little tips about how we can decide what we need in our closets. That's actually a great um, topic because so many people that I go to, like when I'm going to their house to declutter, they're like, I need that. I wear that. I don't wear that. Like sometimes they know what they're wearing, but like, let's talk about building like great pieces to help make a capsule wardrobe. So I think like for a religious woman, the best pieces are like a, definitely a black skirt. Um, and then a few, like I like to rotate my tops in color. So I have like a little bit of color going on, but generally I stick to like Navy blue, cobalt blue and gray and, and sometimes black. <laughs> um, but like, what do you think the best pieces are for, for, like making the best wardrobe? Well, that's very individual. You know, you have, I will tell you, for example, my sister is someone who accessorizes to the T. It's okay. amazing. She will wear like matching earrings that go with a necklace and then some like her, her uh, uh, nail polish is in the same color. She will mix and match everything. Okay. Um, so she can wear just really simple stuff and she dresses it up with, with accessories. If you look at my accessories, I have like one necklace and three pairs of earrings because I'm just, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not able to like, it's just not in my system. Right. Uh, now I don't want to be very boring person because otherwise everyone would just be wearing basics all day long. That would be extremely boring. So like I said before, I go for the look where I have, Tops, because I can, if I wear tops that have a lot going on, it washes out the color in my face. It, it doesn't work well for me. So I want to have stuff going on. I will put it in my skirt or I will put it, uh, wear a beautiful tichel. Um, in general, I personally like to keep everything uh, kind of laid back. Okay. And then... Uh, wear something really stylish, not so much flashy because th that's not really going for me, but uh, a very beautiful scarf that I made myself. I will wear it as a tichel or I will wear a skirt that I'm dyed myself and it has a gorgeous pattern going on. Um, 
but for other people, other things will work. No, I, I have a hard time saying, oh, this is the way you build your capsule wardrobe. <laughs> I think it's true. I think there's definitely like individual pieces that, you know, each person chooses to say, this is who I am as an individual. But I definitely think that there's a few basic pieces that like every wardrobe needs, like, like a black skirt or something yeah, that can tell me, tell me because me i'm me and fashion i'm i'm just really not good at it actually <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because all the like really successful most of the really successful fashion designers out there like usually wear the exact same thing like carolina herrera always wears a white shirt and diane van furstenberg always wears like a wrap dress like they have these like basics that they always are going to because what i find is that it's so hard it takes so much time for people to get dressed in the morning and actually one of the things that people always say to me after they declutter their closets is oh my gosh i can get dressed so easily and i feel like it's it's you know it could take a lot of trial and error to find out the best pieces for your body type and like what looks best on you but i also think that like and i think that this is true also for men like men feel like you know they 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 always wear like basics like my husband you know he has the same he has the same pair of pants in like three colors <laughs> like yes, once, exactly. he, <laughs> once he finds what he likes he's like yeah i'm gonna stick with that he has a certain brand that he likes and and a certain brand of polo shirt that he likes and like that's cool i was always the same the person who like hey i see this like three quarter length sleeve shirt i'm gonna just buy one in every color because that makes my life easier right like yes. i know do i want to wear pink or blue or purple today and then like I have my choice but I love that body type shirt so I feel like that's an okay thing to do too it's definitely a level of comfort but it, it's for me at the most it's about having a lot of pieces that go together so if you have a print make sure that like a few of your solid tops if you have a print skirt let's say make sure a few of the solid tops match it so that you can discuss like make it useful to you know, like more yeah. than one way right yeah so it's not only serving like one purpose i mean that's the whole thing I, and that's but that's what you do when you have like basic also for me personally like you you could not pay me to enter a shopping mall yeah. i just hate 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 it so i check i just go to this one store that have the tops i will get them in three different colors only when the all the rest that i own is already completely smutters that i cannot wear anymore yeah, right uh and yeah i will just spend uh, five hours on making my own skirt because i don't want to i prefer that over going to the store so that's what i do I have, a, I have another question for you. I, I personally don't describe myself as a minimalist. I definitely like reduce and declutter and I feel like I'm living with like essentials for me, like what feels true to me. But I wonder, mm -hmm. do you feel like you're a minimalist? Do you describe yourself that way? Um, yes, of late, of late I do, yeah. Okay, and um, how do you deal with being minimalist and let's say keeping kosher? I don't, I don't see the discrepancy. Well, like for people who are keep kosher, they have like two sets of dishes. For me, it's always hard to reconcile like being the minimalist and having two sets of dishes. Okay. Yeah. But it's only the dishes. Like it's not, I, for me being a minimalist, maybe we just have different um, descriptions of the word, but um, um, it means that I, I have what I need and what I use and I don't have like uh, like 
knickknacks hanging around. Okay. Um, so in your kitchen, it's streamlined to have just the pieces you need, even though you might have two of something, one for meat and one for dairy. Yeah, it's just two different drawers. Well, you saw my kitchen actually. Yeah. You've been yeah, you've I've been, been to your house. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like streamlined would would yeah. definitely be the word because there's nothing there. It's like just drawers. Right. And inside the drawers, it's very very organized. Um, I have my sets of one set of uh, meat dishes and the set of uh, milk milkish dishes. Right. Uh, some pots and pans, and there we go. And like. Uh, sets of cutlery i do have like a lot of each because we have guests over and we have kids so they just always use a lot right i have well a lot what is a lot i have 12 of each i try to have to, to hold 12 of everything okay i feel like for a religious household that's you know normal and i buy things but what what, when i mean say minimalist is that i you I use materials that I can kosher for Pesach. I will not have, I don't have separate, a lot of separate things for Pesach. Right. Only the, the bare necessities, a couple of pots and pans. Right, I do that too. Um, and I, ca I kosher the rest. I'm, right. I'm not going to have all that stuff hanging around. I just yeah. don't want to do it. It's so much easier actually too, because then there's less turning over when Pesach is over. Yeah, no, it would be, uh, yes, also, well, yeah. it's more work up front. It's a, but it's a little bit more work up front, but I think for the turning over part, it's like you just go straight from Pesach to Hamid and it's super easy. Yeah, and the last time I really, the last Pesach, I had a ball. I made a list of things to do that I could cross off. I started right after Purim uh, with the, like, the bedrooms and everything. It was the most relaxed Pesach I've ever had, and I kosher <laughs> almost everything. I wow. had a lot of work there, but it was going, you know, I didn't wait until the last minute right. to get completely overwhelmed and stressed about something that I, that I enjoy doing. Right. So uh, I actually told a lot of my listeners at Pesach time that, like, we made our kitchen kosher for Pesach, like, a few days before we were already starting to eat kosher for Pesach. And then we were eating kidney oat, even though we don't eat kidney oat on Pesach. We were eating kidney oat during those days so to, like, yeah. fill in so we didn't feel, like, you know, deprived of rice. <laughs> For 15 days instead of eight days, right? But like, yeah. it just made everything so easy because everything was ready and we just lived as if it was Pesach and it was like totally, totally fine. And, you know, people oh, make yes. a big deal about it and they get panicked, but it's like, I don't know. I feel I like can, when you have I can relate to the big deal. I, I really can relate. Like, that yeah, would be true. Me. I would just be crying in the kitchen with my Nescafe. I would be living on like coffee and <laughs> and, and leftover chametz uh, for days and, and be completely stressed out about it. This was my first cry free Pesach ever. And it's also because I really decided I don't want to have all that extra anymore. I don't have to schlep everything out. I just right. it. And there, there we go. But also cleaning the bedrooms and stuff is be easier because there's less, you know, you just do like a vacuum and a sweeping and wash the floor. Ah, yes. Like it's so much easier. And I just they took it like I did. I know that you said like it's not it's not the same as spring cleaning, but I did yeah. take it as spring cleaning, and I really did like a deep clean everywhere, <laughs> like twice yearly. Uh, but even so, cleaning. it's easier when you have less stuff. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. But this I find already. That's been like I think three years ago that I, I think I got rid of like sixty percent of all my belongings. Yeah, and How it's do your been kids feel about it? They are they're worse than I am. <laughs> my kids, so. they are. They have very little stuff. We went through everything, and I made let them decide. And 
it was my then 10 year old who really, she was really very clear about it. Okay. I'm, I like this, but I don't need it. And actually it's taking up space for something else that I would like to put there. Like that was her. She was really like going through that narrative, uh, explain to herself why it's good to, to say goodbye to certain things. And then we made like the box with little memories, which is good. You know, yeah. everyone. I'm down with the sentimental box. I love the sentimental box. Sentimental box is fantastic. Yeah. They all have one like little, just things that you don't want to put them on some kind of a, in a cupboard or something. They have right. like a box with all those little memories and some pictures and postcards. Um, and then when she got rid of that, we had like three bags full of, junk to to recycle and she said and she was 10 at the time 30 10 12 uh at the time she said i feel so much lighter now <laughs> that is and i never I said anything often. like that yeah she yeah. felt physically lighter and now i'm starting with my three-year-old going he says i need more toys i have i don't have enough toys okay so you know honey that may be right i'm not like his feeling of this uh it's easy to say no you have enough stuff but he doesn't feel it right um, so we went through his toys and we saw that there was lots of stuff that he has but he doesn't play with and he doesn't want it and he said i i don't need it right so we started right now also with the uh, with the little one to 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 also respect his views on his possessions. Like mm -hmm. there's stuff that he likes, there's stuff that he doesn't need. And we can, we can say goodbye to that stuff. We don't need it anymore. And then we're making space and then, yeah, I will totally buy him that new toy once he goes through all these things and he sees that it's still what he really wants. Do you feel that now that you went through things with him, even as a three-year-old, that he, he just sort of you know, feels like he has what he needs now? Or do you think that he still feels like he needs more? Oh, no, there's always room for more uh, fire trucks. Or new fire trucks. Yeah, there's always room. I'm sure he, like, he, he likes boy stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's true, like, we had a lot of old toys, and it was, it's all girl stuff, and it just doesn't, like, he doesn't care. Right. And then... It's it's fair for him to to want something, and he, I must say that like also he's he's a very good boy. Like if he gets a new toy, he will sleep with it, and he will Aww. eat with it, and he's he's very good. It's it's not at all like he gets something new and he will just toss it away uh, right. in the corner after two days. So so did you tell <laughs> did you tell him that? Um, like you were going to declutter the toys and then donate them to kids who needed them. Like I used to tell my kids that we would donate the toys to either people who needed it or if it was something that they felt that they didn't want to keep in the house, we maybe would take it to the playroom at the big Knesset because they're, they always needed toys in the playroom at the big Knesset. Um, so sort of what methods do you use to say to your three-year-old, you know, this is what we'll do with them. And does, do you think that that is a motivator for him? I'm conflicted because I don't actually necessarily donate or give it away. Okay. It's what I say that I will do, but I don't necessarily do it because it's, I've come also to the conclusion that when we are so fixated on giving it away to someone else, we're actually just transferring our junk problem to someone else. And when we give it as a present, 
Mm-hmm. It's hard to say no, just like we have a hard time throwing away presents, right. even though it's something that uh, we don't like, we don't necessarily need it, we don't use it, but we got it as a present. It like feels ungrateful to get rid of it. So I personally have come to the cl- conclusion that I don't necessarily want to uh, transfer the problem to someone else's house. Okay. Uh, but I do use it to explain to him the discussion when something like this. Um, honey, you don't really need more toys because you have a lot of toys. And he says, no, I don't. I said, yes, I do. Uh, so let's go through the toys and see how many toys you have. Now, if there's something that you have, but you don't want it anymore. So maybe there are other kids who don't have toys um, and we can give it to him. And he was completely with the program. Okay. And he made a, whole bag with the uh, things but it's really things that i don't want to give this to anyone seriously right, right. i don't so they go to the recycling bin uh yeah okay um yeah. sometimes i put like if it's big stuff before i would when we were living in a more crowded area uh we would just put it next to the sidewalk it's a very israeli thing to do it's so israeli <laughs> and it would be gone in 15 minutes and yeah. if it wasn't gone until the evening then uh, i would uh, toss it in a bin mm-hmm. um like there's there's stuff there like a Smurf with a broken leg or something. Right, right, right. I, I cannot give this away. You it's cannot. Not, That's true. No. So I know it's more junk, but on the other end, I pat myself on the back that we're just also buying a lot less. Uh-huh. You know, once you are getting rid of so much stuff, may it be clothes, may it be toys, may it be uh, books, you get rid of so much and you feel very guilty about the amount of junk you're actually adding to the rest of the world. Right. Um, so at least now I'm thinking very consciously before I purchase anything, do we need this? I'm not, first of all, we stopped shopping for fun. That is no longer, we don't do that anymore. Like shopping as a pastime is not healthy. (laughs) No, no, no. And I, I'm, I grew up like that. Listen, I did too. Most of us did. Once a fortnight, we would like have a fun shopping trip. Right. And that's just, that's something that I really had to, wow, I had to do so some what do you do thinking. instead of shopping? What is, we have what do you use to pass? Go and drink something. Go and drink something. That's we have a date. We have dates with the, we have kids, kid dates. We have adult dates. We go and, and eat outside. We have uh, drinks outside. Um, and even this, I think we can restructure that, but that's a whole different podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, we yeah. we uh, we're not um, we're not be- we're not being stingy on memories. That's for sure. We go on holidays. Yeah, I saw you just took uh, some great holidays. You want to tell us where you went? Ha. Well, that was my, it was, I, I'm saying it was, uh, uh, it was for work. <laughs> <laughs> it looked it like very, fun I though. very hard. Uh, yeah, I went, um, I had some budget left and I decided that instead of it being, you know, blown on daily grind, um, I was going to invest in me and I took a five day trip to the South of France That's on my awesome. own. That's the awesome. First time I've traveled alone like that for now, I think over 16 years. Wow. Um, I studied with someone who, this is his profession, like he's a certified professional of natural dyes. Okay. And I studied the color red. Wow. 
and it was amazing and mind-blowing and life-altering not just because I learned the color red but because I saw actually in real life how people managed to live the way I was envisioning for myself and I always thought wasn't really possible in this day and age well it is like what it is um first of all people are living in a completely different pace lots of places that work like well when my stuff is finished i'm closing the shop <laughs> which is like a fantastic way of thinking right um people live the, the houses are extremely cheap there so they don't have a mortgage mm-hmm um so they don't have that many expenses so they just work differently like they work so it's enough to get by they uh-huh. grow their own vegetables they feel satisfied with what they have they don't always need to have the pursuit of more absolutely and also uh-huh. there's less stress because you work less and they spend more time like working in the garden which is a whole different type of work of course do you think that that's more like French culture though? Cause I know like French culture is like very much, they cook dinner together and they're focused on eating meals together, which is, I mean, uh, you're not American, but it's very much an American value, which sometimes gets transposed here in Israel um, where it's like, okay, let's just work and work. And the goal is always to have more, even though it's sort of like not really a Jewish value to just have more and more and more, but I don't think it's to have more and more and more, Rebecca. I really don't think that's it even. It's just to get by. Uh-huh. I think that that's true for a lot of people. It is to get by. But sometimes I feel like if we would take a step back and see what we truly need to just get by, it's a lot less than what we're striving for. And yet, if I make a list here of my monthly expenses that I cannot... Uh, we don't have cable TV here or... Manuim, how do you call this, uh, like uh, subscriptions on right. uh, the gym or something. Uh-huh. No, I'm just talking the, the bare basics. It's mm-hmm. a lot of money that I need it every is. money, every month. It's, it's not something that I can skimp on. It's, that's just like, that's what it is. Right. So these people, they just like, for dinner, we had mushrooms that he just went, took his bike, a knife and a bag and went and got mushrooms from the forest. That's awesome. <laughs> it was like I was just sitting there and watching that and, and saying oh my gosh that's how it goes we don't go to the shop to get mushrooms now we go to the forest and get the mushrooms <laughs> let's all pick up and move to the south of France <laughs> I'm seriously considering a lot of things like having like a little Jewish commune over there and yeah. uh, <laughs> that would be awesome I do homeschooling homeschooling <laughs> that would be awesome let's go who's in with Suzanne raise your hand sign up right now <laughs> Suzanne is there anything else that you feel like we must know about eco printing or the way you run your business or just environmental practices that are worthwhile that we didn't discuss like anything else that we should definitely know before we wrap up yeah um, it's all a mindset that's what I want you to know. It's all a mindset. You don't have to buy anything. You don't, nobody's making you wear certain things. Just wear what you want, but make sure that you, yeah, that you feel good about also about who made it and who produced your clothes. Um, a beautiful tichel, I'm telling you, to wear a crown, it's, that's what you invest in. Wear simple clothes and a beautiful tichel. Oh, it makes all the difference. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, like, really, I'm a very simple person fashion-wise. Right. Um, 
I, I don't like a lot of uh, stuff going on. I, I, I'm not good at it, but my tichels are always like I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing silk tichel uh, that's an almost black blue shade of indigo that I dyed myself. Wow. Um, beautiful. And it matches me and it makes me feel beautiful. It makes me feel luxurious. It makes your eyes look great. Suzanne has exactly. beautiful blue eyes. That <laughs> I didn't transfer to any of my kids. None. <laughs> Genetics were, is a funny, uh, funny thing, right? Um, okay. So Suzanne, I really want to thank you so much for joining me today. It was really enlightening. I, I hope that everybody understands more about why using natural dyes is important and looking for um, producers of clothing that are producing things in a sustainable way is really important. Fair trade is the yeah. word, yes. Yeah. Um, and um, if you want to uh, buy an authentic made Israeli product that is beautifully handcrafted, you can get in touch with Suzanne on her website, Suzanne Deckel, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, D-E-K-E-L dot com. And uh, thank you, Suzanne, so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. And thank you for doing your work. It, uh, uh, it has inspired me to, to do more. You know, uh, to do more okay. of it. <laughs> I want to remind you all that you are organized and you have got this. I wish you all a great week. Thank you so much for listening and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.